You're listening to the Personal Development Through Martial Arts Podcast, the podcast where the world's highest personal development experts and martial arts masters come together to empower and inspire you to become your strongest self and live the life that you truly want. Join host Bogdan Rosho, author, public speaker, and the founder of the first personal development through martial arts school in the world, in the podcast where you become the hero. Elaine Pofeld writes about $1 million one-person businesses for Forbes.com. Formerly, she was a senior editor at Fortune Small Business Magazine. Elaine's work has been published in Money, Fortune, Inc., Good Housekeeping, Dr. Oz, and Marie Claire on Medium and CNBC.com and by the Economist Intelligence Unit. She earned her BA in English at Yale and is a mother of four. Help me in welcoming Elaine to the show. We're here with uh, Elaine Pofeld, the author of the Million Dollar One Man Business, One Person Business, um, apologies. Um, Elaine, how are you today? I'm very excited to sit down and talk. I'm very well, night. Nice to be on the show. Great to have you. Um, Very few people probably know that you're also a uh, black belt in Taekwondo. That's That's correct. (laughs) Awesome. So tell us a bit about the book. How did you decide to um, write the book? What inspired you? Well, I've been a journalist writing about entrepreneurship for many years. And one of the things that I noticed was there was almost no focus on the one-person business. People always want to read about scalable businesses that become the next Silicon Valley darling, but most businesses are not. The vast majority, I know in the U.S., there are about 28 million small businesses, and more than two-thirds of them are called non-employer businesses. They're one-person businesses. Mm-hmm interviewed them they were really happy they seemed like they had great lifestyles and they loved what they were doing often the pain point was cash flow they hadn't completely mastered that but they had control of their time Mm -hmm. and their lives and the freedom to do what they loved so I, I got very interested in it and then the specific thing that triggered it was like a lot of authors I sometimes get my inspiration at the last minute for what I write and every month I write five blogs or Forbes and it was the last day or two of the month and I needed a topic for my blog number five so I started googling for inspiration and I came across these seemingly really dull census bureau statistics on the non-employer business Mm -hmm. I noticed that there were some in these one-person businesses and partnerships breaking one million U.S. dollars they were in the one to 2.49 USD range and I thought that's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. You, you mm-hmm. alter the currency conversions in your own uh, currency. Most one-person businesses are not making as much as that. Mm-hmm. So I started slicing and dicing the data, and I looked at the industries that they were in, and I published a post. And people started writing to me and saying, "Well, we need to know a little bit more about them. What actually are they doing?" Mm-hmm. And the Census Bureau won't tell you because they protect people's anonymity when they do those surveys. So I wrote to the readers of Forbes and I said, if you're one of these businesses, please write to me and tell me what you're doing. So um, 
a handful of them wrote to me. You know, you have to understand there's currently there's about 36,000 of these in the U.S. So it's a needle in a haystack compared to 28 million that that are over 1 million. Mm-hmm. Plus, people don't always like to share what their revenue is because they're not all their friends are not all business owners who understand that one million in revenue does not mean one million in income. Mm-hmm. They don't want everybody to think they have to buy drinks for the rest of their lives. So, so they, a lot of people don't want to come forward and say they've had this kind of success. But the ones that did in that initial article were very varied. One was a guy named Alan Walton who runs a spy camera shop online. Um, Another was a young woman who in college started a babysitting service with 2,500 babysitters. She's still in business. Actually, both of them are. Um, There was a guy who had an e-newsletter about personal finance. And then there was a fitness trainer, Dan Mezaritsky from Canada, who had been a decathlete, got injured, got into fitness training, and he scaled his business using contractors who were all fitness trainers in their own business. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun to just see what they were doing. And that post went crazy viral. It has, I think, 340,000 page views now. So I realized, nice. wow, people are really reading this. They are interested. And every time another one would write to me, I'd profile them over several years. And then finally an agent saw them and said, this would be a great book. And I said, well, I'm glad you said that <laughs> because I was thinking along the, the same, same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome, awesome. So when, when did you publish your book? It came out in January. It was, it's published this year, right? Yes. Mm, awesome, awesome. So what do you feel makes a um, million-dollar one-person business? How, how are they different from other types of businesses? Yeah, how, do you, how, how does somebody who is listening right now who would love to have that kind of revenue in their business, but do you like to more or less say one-person show Right. What what is the mindset that they would need to actually do that? I think you were asking what is the mindset someone needs to get to one million. Is that right? Yes, correct. They do think differently from other businesses. I think the majority of one person businesses are thinking project to project, job to job. Mm-hmm. You know, how much money do I need to make this month? Or this thing just came into my inbox. I think I'll do it instead of having a big picture strategy for the business. So I think they are very strategy focused. Um, They also think pretty hard about how to extend what one person can do without adding employees, because it's not that they're against adding employees. Some of them later did, but when you're starting out in a business or you're very small, you don't have the cash flow to manage employee. Mm -hmm. And so you, you need some help. And they don't try to do everything themselves. They'll often quickly identify some pocket of the business that they're neglecting. So, you know, maybe like for me, it was always doing my QuickBooks. You know, it's just something I'm a writer. I love writing, editing, interviewing. I don't really love entering things into an accounting software. So I got a bookkeeper to outsource. They, They do that very quickly as soon as they can afford it. They automate. They're using a lot of different tools to automate. Some of them are... Some are um, for everyone, things like Schedule One, a scheduling app. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they'll also use outsourcing in terms of services like Fulfilled by Amazon. Instead mm-hmm. of packing up boxes of whatever they sell in their home, which some of them try the first time, and then they have pallets on their driveway and, and their whole apartment filled with 
stuff, they quickly realized that it's worth paying for that service so that they have a much lighter business in terms of the actual workload and then they can grow. That's, that's why I think a lot of businesses on um, in e-commerce on Amazon are doing so well. I have some that are at $4 million in revenue because they are taking advantage of outsourcing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a very important distinction because <clears throat> as somebody who is a solopreneur right now, uh, maybe seeing the title of, of your book, who, who hasn't gotten really into that mentality of, look, I need to automate, I need to delegate, I need to outsource whatever I can um, because that's actually going to save me money. Somebody who's reading the title would be like, oh, yeah, of course, I, I knew I could do it all by myself. So it's not really like that, right? It's not. Well, you know, it's funny. The do-it-yourself spirit is very good when you're first starting because you usually don't have any resources. You know how they always say, save six months of living expenses and six months of business expenses. Who really does that? You know, it's very hard to do that. So most of them are really starting with like $1,000 US dollars or less. So you need to be able to roll up your sleeves and do everything in the business at a certain point. But the problem is people get stuck there and mm-hmm. they never get out of that mindset of I have to do everything myself. So that's one thing they do differently. And they step back. The reason they're able to do that is I noticed that these are people that don't spend all their time at their laptop. You'd think they'd be working 24-7, but they're really mm-hmm. Not the four-hour work week. I haven't yet found the one that's working only four hours. But they do go to meetups with other entrepreneurs. They take time to kind of recharge their batteries by listening to podcasts. I think that's a very valuable tool for information sharing. Some of them, as they grow the business, go to high-end gatherings for entrepreneurs like um, or they join masterminds. I have found the masterminds are extremely valuable. They're expensive, but they are valuable. And that gives them the perspective to say, I'm on a hamster wheel this week. What am I doing wrong? Why am I up till three o'clock in the morning doing this project? I really shouldn't be. And how can I do it differently? What, what can I offload? Yeah, I love that. And if we're, if we're to um, um, create a parallel between martial arts, let's say, you know, like in the beginning, you're using mostly muscle force because you haven't learned the technique. You haven't learned leverage. And then you're just using leverage and just comes out seamlessly and uh, easily, right? Uh, tell us a bit about your martial arts journey. How did you how did you start training martial arts, and what do you feel was the biggest impact that martial arts had on your uh, professional life? Well, th- this is a topic I love. I I first got involved in martial arts before I had my kids. I did, I, I went to Tiger Shulman Karate. I was doing. Um, an article actually about this company, Tiger Shulman, that now is a chain of karate schools. And um, I, I loved the interview so much, I wound up signing up for the classes. And I think I told you the story of how now many years later, every time my husband and I have um, an argument, he always brings up the fact that I signed up for all these karate lessons without telling him. <laughs> But it was was an impulse, but it was a good impulse. So then I had four children and I I always worked out, but it was hard to go to lessons at night and that sort of thing. My my youngest is now eight. And so when we moved to the town that we live in now in New Jersey, my one of my older daughters, I have twins who are fourteen, was signing up for Taekwondo. And I 
was sitting there watching her and saying, you know, I complain that I don't have any time to go to classes and work out. And there were some parents in this class, mostly it was fathers and sons, but there was one mom in the class who has four sons and she was taking and she was around my age. So I thought, well, if she can do it, she's like a fifth degree black belt. I may never get to be as good as she is, but I, I can still do it, I think. So I started doing it. And honestly, I'm a person with no sense of direction. I get lost every time I go out in the car. I need a GPS. So the forms and pivoting and things like that was a little challenging for me. Um, But I got into it. Somehow I got hooked. We have a fantastic master in the class. And there were people, you know, who were very athletic. There were people that were unathletic in the class. And I I found that I was able to... um, just keep sticking with it. And this was my, my youngest son. My son was about two and a half then. He's now eight. So I've been doing it for a while. And it, it was a great lesson for me that I could do things that I never thought I could do. I felt really embarrassed doing it, honestly, in the beginning. I just felt like I was so uncoordinated. And just the fact that I could even pass the test and later even be in a couple of competitions was helpful for me as a business owner because it made me realize there were other things that I could do that I thought were intimidating that I really yeah. couldn't. What was the impact of that, of realizing that, you know what, I can do more than I thought. Um, even if it's, if it's really challenging, I can still overcome it. What was the impact of that in your professional life? It, it was really helpful for me in going after bigger jobs or, or with bigger clients. So um, one part of my business, I'm a journalist, but I also do ghostwriting. And some of the clients are CEOs of substantial sized companies. And it's, you know, sometimes it is a little intimidating. You're thinking, oh, this guy has a billion dollar company. And, you know, it just, it's a little daunting, but I felt like, you know what, you just chip away at these goals. You, you just you have one phone call with this person and do one ghostwriting session and see how it goes. And if it's just too much, then you don't have to do it. And and it helped me build a lot of confidence in going after more than I, th- I thought I could in the business. Mm-hmm. Hey, sorry to interrupt the interview. I'll let you get back to it in a moment. Let me just ask you, do you want more financial freedom in your business so that you have time for the important things in your life? Would you like to level up your business and become a black belt in business success? Let me help you. I will personally take a look at your business and show you exactly how you can make it more profitable so that you enjoy more financial freedom and more time with your loved ones. Get in touch with me over social media. Links are in the description. Send me a message with the text business breakthrough and we will schedule an appointment and you will get a free coaching session where I teach you exactly how to make your business more profitable without putting in more hours. And this is gonna be only for the first five people who get in touch with me this week. So check the description, get in touch with me on social media, send me a message with the text business breakthrough and let me help you take your business to the next level. Yes, absolutely. And I, I see that as well in my students who are talking about it. Um, most of them get promoted or start their own businesses or create like the the relationship that they always wanted with their partners. And just that boost of confidence, I think it ultimately leads to more professional success and to a more fulfilling life. Um, 
So you're training right right now. Your daughters are training martial arts. Anybody else training martial arts in uh, in your family? All the females are. It's funny. I think my son might think it's a girl's activity because <laughs> I do it. My, the, my my middle daughter is twelve. Does it, and then my other daughter. They're identical twins, so we separated them. She actually goes to Tiger Shulman, and she does MMA, so it's full contact, Ooh, which is padded. But because even though I'm a martial artist, I'm her mother too. So when I watch her, it's very oh, me to watch. I just, I you know, it's the adrenaline of hoping yeah. she does not get hurt is is tough sometimes. But she loves it. She's addicted. She goes almost every day. And she competes a lot and. I think it's awesome. I mean, you, you never want your children to get in a physical fight. I mean, that's what the martial artists you learn. It's better to not fight, but it's good to know that they have the confidence and the discipline to show up for this. And Definitely. they learn the sticking with things. And there's also a building process with martial arts where you learn one thing and then it feeds into the next form or the next mm. technique that you're learning. And that, I think that's important to understand the building process with skills in yourself. So when you do it independently, you can apply it. Definitely, definitely. You know what? This actually reminds me of a story of um, when I had my mom, the first time that my mom ever saw me compete, back when I was doing karate, right? So my, my mom came to, to see me at this, uh, at this tournament. And the guy was like, look, we're a, um, a protection, like a groin protection, right? And put it over and because you don't know what's going to happen. And I was like, yeah, I don't wear this stuff. It's like, I never worn, uh, you know, something to protect my core. What are you talking about? I said, no, 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 thanks. So we started the Kumite, the, the, the fight, his first kick straight to my groin. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and my mom was watching like, Oh, what happened? Then I went straight to, to get their groin protection, and then I continued my uh, I continued the fight. But that was so funny. I can't even imagine you know you mentioning this. I never even thought of what my mom went through uh, watching me uh, watching me fight. Yeah, definitely. Not definitely. easy. It's weird because you can't separate it. There's some part of you that's a mother that transcends the martial arts. In fact, my daughter. We always record the fights, and every time we record it, she's like. And I'm a very quiet person by nature, but she says, Mom, I can't hear anyone else cheering in the background. <laughs> but I, I don't know. It's like you just, you're not really, I don't really care if she wins or loses. It's just, I, I actually, I just want her to do well so she does not get hurt, you know, mm. with different motivation. Um just to protect herself because the girls are good. You know, they a lot of them have been, she's been doing it since she was three years old. So they're Ooh. years old. They're, they're full grown women in size and they're really good. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's pretty cool to watch. And I, you know, I think it's something with the girls that they're going to call upon the whole rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. And I hope not, you know, not, it, we have the me too movement and stuff like that in the U S and I hope they never have to use it for that reason. Mm -hmm. uh, to know they have it in case they ever do but it's more for the confidence i mm. think and expanding your mind and your capacity of what you're, you think you're capable of doing i think that's invaluable i'm trying to get my son into it now i'm hoping that he can actually go to a class and see there are boys in the class too <laughs> definitely definitely that's <laughs> all wearing the gear and everything um, you mentioned that most business owners, small business owners, have a challenge with cash flow. Um, do you talk about um, 
what would be your suggestions in terms of managing cash flow and understanding cash flow? Well, your personal cash flow is intertwined with your business cash flow when you're a very small business. So the foundation, it's kind of like the foundation in your training in martial arts. You've got to get your personal finances in order somewhat. It doesn't have to be perfect, but you do have to make sure that you have some savings because if you're if you're accustomed to um, getting a paycheck every two weeks and it's not coming anymore and your customers are paying you in 30, 60, 90 days, mm. they're not paying you in advance. Usually in a startup, one person business, they wouldn't be. Maybe later on, you, you change the way you get paid. But generally in the beginning you're proving yourself and you'll sort of take whatever terms the customer offers so you need to save a lot more than you normally do how do you do that you don't have to live in a yurt but you do have to think about you know maybe i get a little bit smaller apartment than i normally would you know maybe i cut back on my eating out or you know whatever your luxury items are by 20 percent, just so you have a little bit of a cushion in case something doesn't go right and you have to pay your bills because you don't want to be in a position of scarcity if you look at maslow's hierarchy of needs right you don't want to be in survival mode you cannot mm-hmm. make decisions when you're desperate mm-hmm. and you will send out kind of bad vibes in the universe too if you you want to think of it that way you know when you just seem needy to customers that's not going to make them hire you it's when you're in demand and you're confident and you're calm and so what if they pay you in 32 days it's not going to matter i mean not that you want them not to pay you but Mm -hmm. you don't want to seem desperate so that's one thing then you need to have good processes in order i have to say a lot of the folks in the million dollar one person businesses are process people so Mm. just like a big company has an ap department accounts payable you need to be your own accounts payable department and you need to get your invoices out on time you know get them out as soon as the job is done don't do it just once a month Mm -hmm. and follow up on them use uh, don't just use excel spreadsheets i really recommend using accounting software because it will remind you when invoices are coming due or they're past due and then say, Oh, I noticed you've always been timely on your payments and now it's 35 days. Um, I just want to make sure the invoice did not get lost in your inbox. I always give people the benefit of the doubt because people are so overextended these days. Usually if they're not paying you nine times out of 10, it's something like that. They're really trying not to. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And just those things alone will really make a difference. Um, and then in terms of spending, you have to be a little careful about not over-investing in the trappings of the business in the beginning. So I see people, they buy a fancy desk, they you know a new computer, everything. Use your old crappy computer in the beginning and use your old phone and use work on a desk in your house. And do that, you know, unless you have to meet customers, in which case you could use a co-working space that looks like a real office. But keep your costs down because... The less money going out, the more you can invest in important things like marketing. Marketing is very important. You might want to do Facebook advertising that costs money. So free the money up so that it's going to the right places. Mm. I love that. That's very, very insightful. Elaine, what are some good uh, accounting softwares that people can use? Well, the one I, I, they may vary around the world, but the ones that are big in this country are... QuickBooks is the, is the biggest one. That's a little complicated. That's the one that I use. It requires a little bit of training. The one that's easiest, I think, is FreshBooks. 
And so I use that for many years in my business. Now it, it doesn't have one function that I need right now. So um, I'm hoping they add it. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, cause it, it was designed for creative professionals who are yes. with the number. So it, it's perfect for someone like me. And um, then there's zero, which is growing as well. Um, so all of these um, can really be used easily. I love it. I love it. Great. Um, Elaine, when, where can people find your book? Um, they can go to the million dollar one person business.com. Um, it's all spelled out in words, not numbers. Um, or they could go to elainepofeld.com. I won't spell that name out. I'm sure it's in the show notes. It's a mouthful. Um, and I encourage them to write to me on LinkedIn or, or Twitter. I, I hear from a lot of business owners. And as a journalist, I like to know what they're thinking about so that I can write stories mm-hmm. that are helpful to them and relevant. So I, I really welcome the listeners of the podcast to write to me. That's amazing. Guys, absolutely go ahead and connect with uh, Elaine after the show. Um, and Elaine, what would be one question that you have for everybody who tuned in? Anyone who's listening, I'm assuming that you have some martial artists mm-hmm. in the audience. I'd be really curious to hear how their experiences with martial arts have helped them to grow their businesses because it is a journey that we're all on together. And um, I'm just so interested in other people's stories. So please let me know. I love that. I love that. Guys, go ahead and let us know in the comment section. And um, thank you so much, Elaine, for your time and uh, your insights. Oh, thank you, Bagnani. It's been nice getting to know you. Thank you. Likewise. Awesome. Guys, I'll see you next time. Have a gorgeous day. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. And if you're ready for more financial freedom, for more time to spend with your loved ones or doing what you're really, really, really passionate about, send me a message over social media, connect with me, links are in the description, and I will give you a free business breakthrough session where I will show you exactly how you can make your business more profitable so that you live a happy and fulfilled life with your loved ones. I'll see you soon.